You're listening to Frankie Boy Radio. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Letting America take a deep breath. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 198 of Frankie Boy Radio. Tonight we're talking about Sam Phillips, the man who changed the world. I'm your host, Josh Urban. Thanks for tuning in on this rainy autumn evening. Is there anything cozier than an autumn rain? Ah, gotta love it. Gotta love it. It's a great night to listen to some nice piano music or snuggle in with a cup of hot tea. Hope you all had a great day over there. I sure did. Got to talk about Sam Phillips today on a Zoom lecture. Now, this is an interesting topic. Sam Phillips is the man who started Sun Records, which would eventually sign Elvis Presley, and the rest, they say, is history. So um, this started out a pretty um, practical step in a series. I, I designed, about a year ago, designed a short musical history program on answering where did Elvis come from, and more broadly, rock and roll. So Sun Records was an obvious stop on this route. And I was got to talking about it. And so it starts off, it's a, it's a six-part series. It goes and starts with Ragtime, and then goes to Delta Blues. Then it goes to Chicago Blues. Then it goes to the year 1950. And then Sun Records. And then sometimes we go over Buddy Holly and sort of like the post, the immediately after Elvis, Elvis's first influence. So... Very interesting stuff, not philosophical at all. Just, you know, hey, here's here's one way to trace. It's hard to, boy, talk about a broad topic. And like anything else historical, when you start to really look at it, it's, it's hard to trace it to just one thing, so you have to pick and choose. But if you're going to pick and choose, Sun Records is a great topic to talk about. So... Doing the research, you know, there's there's the, the bullet points of the history of Sam started the Memphis Recording Service, Sun Studios, in 1950. And then in 1952, he made it into Sun Records. And in 1954, Elvis came by to make his first recording, which was a personal recording, supposedly a birthday gift for his mother and maybe to impress Sam as well. Sam wasn't even in the building. And his assistant, Marianne, Marianne Kiesker, I think I'm pronouncing her name right, heard Elvis, was very impressed with Elvis's potential and kept bugging Sam about it. And eventually Sam signed Elvis. So that's that's the short story. Well, the interesting story is Elvis was always very, very shy and to a debilitating extent. When he was, I think it was 12, he was really impressed with the radio and he was going to school and he was good friends with a guy who's older brother had a radio show and the older brother ended up mentoring Elvis and even booked him to be on the show and Elvis was so scared the first time he just backed out and he couldn't be on the air second time he did it by the time he was 18 he graduated high school he was already dressing goofy which would be known as the Elvis style later very insecure very unsure of himself he was driving a truck for an electrical company he tried out for a local band, and the band leader told him, uh, nope, and people advised him to keep driving a truck. 
Now, around this time, Sam, was ha- Sam Phillips was having a hard time himself, and he was trying to break through and try to do something and try to bring the sound of Beale Street, the Memphis sound, the precursors to rock and roll to the world. He thought the world should hear it, and he just couldn't get it out there. He was up against some heavy color lines and really working working his butt off. He So much, he had nervous breakdown, had to be hospitalized with eight electroshock therapy sessions. Ouch! And he almost quit. And he thought, man, if I could... If I could somehow bridge this racial divide with music, that would really be cool. Well, finally he hears Elvis. And Elvis wasn't anything to write home about at first. But Sam knew he had something in there. Elvis comes by for his first session. He invites him by and he arrived they say almost before she hung up the phone, his Marion called him. And nothing came of it. Sam sent him home. Marion kept bugging him. I said, what about the kid with the sideburns? So Sam has him by to go over to Scotty Moore's house. Scotty Moore was the guitar player and Bill Black was the bass player. Go over to their house. You'll hear them on Heartbreak Hotel. Uh, Scotty wasn't impressed. He said he does have a good voice, though. The third time almost wasn't the charm. Sam gave him one more shot. He was really trying to make him feel comfortable. He knew something was in there. And he keeps trying. He comes out. He's adjusting the microphones. He's chatting with Elvis, trying to make him feel at ease. He didn't want to end the session too quick because you don't want to, you know, cut people down. But at the same time, you got to know when to quit. The spontaneity is going out of the window. When right at the end of the session, Elvis starts goofing around. He knows he's done. He starts goofing around and he starts playing That's All Right, Mama. That's all right, Mama. That's all right with me. And then Scotty and Bill are just clowning around and Sam leans out of the control room. You know, they're, they're accompanying him. Sam leans out of the control room and says, hey, what are you guys doing? He said, oh, we're just messing around. He goes, well, back it up and find a place to start. That ends up becoming a big splash for Elvis and launches his career right there. When they say Sam Phillips discovered Elvis, you always think of the king of rock and roll as having it all together and walking into the studio and Sam saying, kid, you've got it. Instead, Elvis didn't even know he had it. Elvis thought he was a failure and he thought he was just going to be doing whatever for the rest of his life. Not that there's anything wrong with doing whatever. But we almost didn't have Elvis. If it wasn't for Sam's patience, if it wasn't for Sam's vision of looking deep inside somebody and realizing, hey, there's something in there. So the question becomes, can we do that too? How many people around us every day can we look at and say, hey, I see something in you. They might not even see. Pardon me. Fiddling over here. Kind of an interesting thought. So this logical step in the history of rock and roll 
becomes an interesting philosophical question of how much can we create in the world by looking at it deeply. And I don't mean, oh, just seeing the good in everybody because to see things honestly, there's a lot of bad in people too. And we'd be naive if we ignored that. But to clearly look and see what we can see and see what's glimmering there in the depths. And that's what Sam did. And because he did that, we now have Elvis. We now have Johnny Cash. We now have Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis, Roy Orbison, Howlin' Wolf, Ike Turner, and so many other maybe conflicted, confused people wonderful music it's an interesting thing to think about a lot's to unpack there i'm still working on it so i got to talk about that today and that was pretty cool got to talk about that with a couple of my senior buddies i hope they enjoyed it and as the rain falls on this nice autumn evening let's go ahead and do our deep breathing getting us through COVID here go ahead and let those eyes drift gently closed Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Let us begin. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Pause. One, two. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Pause. One, two. Exhale. One, two, three, four. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, two. Exhale, one, two, three, four. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, two. Exhale, one, two, three, four. Last one. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Pause, one, two, exhale, one, two, three, four. Nice. Go ahead and wiggle those toes, open those eyes. Enjoy the rain out that window. Enjoy your tea and enjoy your evening. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night.